The term defines intimacy of the highest kind, of the deepest measure, of the character that means the first and the last or the alpha and the omega. This relationship defines a singular one, as if God and you were the only one to which the relationship is procured and for which only you are the only who is receivership. This is the relationship we are given and what is expected of us to return to God to live within this relationship that is of primary importance. This term for which we as Christians are made alive in Christ is to show that we are loved by the Father on account of Christ. This relationship cannot be overestimated, overimagined, overemphasized but sadly always underestimated. For we in our human minds will ever come to experiencing the awesomeness involved with having such a relationship with God. It is only by us been given the mind of Christ, the blessed Holy Spirit can we even begin to fathom the relationship for which the begotten is born in us. His relationship is in us, the only begotten of the Father. This relationship identifies why we are born of God, born of the Spirit, or born from above. These synonymous terms are for our realization, the old has gone the new has come. Thus we are given total access to the Father through Christ. Yet for us to fully realize this also takes another act of God an even greater act than our becoming born again. For here we are filled with the fullness of God. Thus when the Holy Spirit comes He is for the sealing one of the Christian for service and power to implement this relationship to its fullest desires in Christ. Our relationship is dynamic, powerful overcoming and victorious over sin death hell and the grave. It is victorious over all creation. It is victorious because it has already won. Past tense. Now you say time out. You hold up your hands to a former referee's tee. Then you say, how it is in the past tense. We are still in the flesh, we are still in this world. Yet we no longer look at the world as we once did. The world is of a different relationship, a different system, a different lifestyle. It is past tense. It is dead like the tombstones in the graveyard signify that the individual beneath is as cold dead as the slab stating who lies there. 11 Since, then, we know what it is to fear the Lord, we try to persuade men. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. 12 We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us, so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than in what is in the heart. 13 If we are out of our mind, it is for the sake of God, if we are in our right mind, it is for you. 14 For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. 15 And He died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for Him who died for them and was raised again. 16 So from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. 17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, the old is gone, the new has come. 18 All this is from God, who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. 19 That God was reconciling the world to Himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them and He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. 20 We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making His appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. 21 God made Him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians 5 11-21 NIV 1984 For the Christian in the church in proper tense everything is past tense. Our life is over as surely as if we physically died, and we are now hidden in Christ and thus Christ is revealed. If we find that Christ is not revealed completely we are lying to ourselves and are hypocrites to the world who know what our reference defines, Christ. Our old life is past it is done away with in the new birth. Our new life is past tense because is made subject to the life of Christ He is the head we are the body. We are not our own we were bought with a price the precious blood of Jesus Christ. There we must honor God with the rest of our life which is now present in Christ. So that is why Paul could say in the above verses, 
we no longer look, past, at the world in the same way. Now we look at the world, presently, as one of two camps, those who are reconciled to to God and those who need to be reconciled to God. All our relationships are past tense. There are no longer of their former characteristics in the way we once lived in the earthly type of those relationships. We cannot live as if nothing happened when we accepted Christ. Christ must be alive in us. Christ must be seen in us. Christ must be measured to the full in us. There are only those who are in Christ and those who are not in Christ, those who are of Christ and those who are of the Antichrist. The world shifted the day Christ died, was buried and rose from the dead causing all of creation into these two nations, into these two groups, camps or whatever designation you want to call them and separated them by a great gulf fixed. For here we see the relationship of the begotten in these terms, Son of God, baptized into Christ, clothed with Christ, neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free, neither male nor female, all are one in Christ, Abraham's seed and lastly heirs according to the promise. Paul through the Holy Spirit by the grace fully overflowing in him, had come to understand the awesomeness of what Christ had come to do for it was done in him. The begotten relationship Jesus defines is given to everyone that believes. To everyone that says yes to the conviction of the Holy Spirit's reconciling activity. The nature we all have is plain and if it is not plain, it is hidden and it is hidden to those who are perishing. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways, we do not use deception, nor do we distort the Word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly we commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers, so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. 2 Corinthians 4 2-4 NIV 1984. Those who in the world are perishing marching blindly to a death for which without Christ they will suffer the second death. If they do not see Christ in us the hope of glory, they will perish, for they will see no way out we are ones who are to show the way out. This glory is not for the few or the super saint it is for the entire body of Christ for there can be no separation of the glory of Christ from one part, whether that part be one Christian or 99.99% of the total. We are of His glory, as the phrase from the three musketeers, all for one and one for all. We are from Him who is the head from which He flows from every part equally to the smallest portion to the greatest portion, to the weakest to the strongest, to every part the sum is the same at all is to hold the glory of Christ for it is all of Christ. There is no lessening of the degree to show there is no favoritism in the body of Christ it is by faith we live and it is by faith we walk and it is by faith we share the very glory of Christ as in the words of the three musketeers it is all for one and one for all. The church the body of Christ must never define the difference of one part of the body to the other part of the body for this shows then that there are in Christ. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We are not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face to keep the Israelites from gazing at it while the radiance was fading away. But their minds were made dull, for to this day the same veil remains when the Old Covenant is read. It has not been removed, because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we, who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. 2 Corinthians 4 2-4 NIV 1984. 1 This word defines the Holy Spirit's authoritative characteristics specifying each Christian is exactly who they say they are, Christ. 2 Reconciliation is the term of atonement in that it satisfies God's righteousness or as is called His propitiation, for here is the whole purpose of God to bring us into the relationship which satisfies God's desires. For there could be no relationship accomplished like this in the beginning. For in the mystery of God, 
reconciliation, justification, sanctification, propitiation etc. can only be done by redeeming that which was lost. So the mystery of God is made complete in the need for sin to enter into the world. For by it God establishes the only work possible to be recognized as establishing faith and obedience, Christ. If it was not so God would have had to bring in differing degrees of grace, differing degrees of works of sacrifices, then there would also have to be differing degrees of the Spirit. God forbid. Thus by man's sin God makes a perfect solution to the sin problem and the works righteousness problem. For only in Christ is grace made plain for all come by the same faith and the same obedience through that same grace. No one can claim less or more, or do less or more, for the work God then expresses in sending forth the Son is the work by which all men are justified before Him, Christ in us the hope of glory.